Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is your own personal response uh, on behalf of the Talking Heads uh, to New Wave and punk rock music? I, I think there's a few areas in music where things are happening now. Where anything can happen. And that's one, that's one of the areas. There's a whole lot of areas in music where nothing's happening and nothing looks likely to happen. <laughs> Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin, I've got my brother Travis with me as per usual, and today we are covering Talking Heads' debut album, is it just called 77 or is it called Talking Heads 77? It's called Talking Heads 77. Okay, cool. Guess when it came out? I'm going to guess 1977. You got it. 1977. Thanks for playing along, Trev. Um, So, you're taking the reins on this one, dude. Um, I know you're a huge fan of these guys. I still haven't given them a proper listen. Well, I think that uh, after this episode, you're going to be a convert. So so. didn't you listen, didn't I recommend that you listen to their third album, Fear of Music, on a flight home? And you, and you liked it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like, I like what I, what I hear. I, you know, I still just haven't, like, you know, it hasn't gotten to the point where I'm like, man, I just got to listen to everything that they've ever done. Yeah. I mean, okay. So basically I do this with a lot of bands. I go back to the origin and I start from Mm -hmm. album one, right? And what yep. and we're gonna we're gonna obviously get into this more, but what drew me to them beyond just how eccentric David Byrne is as a musician, mm-hmm. songwriter and lyricist, but the like the music, the instrumentation uh, of of both him and the other members of the band, 
they just they have a really like tight but like also like minimal approach to their guitar playing mm-hmm. and, their, and everything but like it's just so I love the guitar work it's yeah part. yeah it's it's just very um, it's, it's cool yeah so and we'll we'll get into all that so let's let's uh let's do our weekly segment what you heard first uh we're just gonna talk about what we've been listening to lately so Q uh let's start with you what do you got so um my good friend Larry was in town this past week. Mm. So on Tuesday, uh, I got to uh, go see a concert with Larry. He said, hey, man, I'm going to see the show. Um, you know, you're welcome to join me. I happen to have the evening off. So I tagged along. I hadn't heard of either of these bands. Um, and Larry was actually there to see the uh, one of the opening bands. They're called Ice Age. So, um, man, they're good, dude. They're they're classified as punk rock. They're a Danish group from Copenhagen. They've been around since 2008, and basically Larry said that that he's seen them pretty much every chance he can since since they since their origins. So he's seen them like seven or eight times. Um, they opened for a band called Black Lips, another band I had never heard of. Anyways, um, Ice Age just came out with a new album earlier this year. They're actually on Matador Records. Um, that's Interpol uh, on Matador? yeah. I was gonna say that's Interpol's record label, or at least it cool. was. Yeah. So um, their album is called Beyondless, and uh, I'm gonna share track three. It's called Under the Sun. <laughs> So, so uh, you said these guys are called Ice Age? Ice Age, all one word. 
I really like. I think it's a really unique. Uh, um, like his lyrics are really unique, and his timing. Uh, you know. Um, now, what was the name of that song? Really, that was called "Under the Sun." It's on their latest studio album, Beyondless. Um, so just a warning for for anyone who wants to check these guys out. Um, this is another one of those bands that is constantly evolving. So you go back a few a few records and you're going to hear something a little different. Uh, the way Larry puts it, they're now trying kind of approaching their songwriting with a little bit like a bit more melodic. Um, and uh, the farther back you go, they get a little more grungy. Um, again, there's those elements of punk. Um, there's actually like some of the songs uh, that they played were, were even like a little bit on the on the heavier like the metal side as far as like the drumming and the the guitar um, yeah strumming patterns and all that um really really powerful presence too their their live performance and larry actually the way he put it you know again larry's seen him like seven times or so seven or eight times wow said it kind of seemed like they were kind of phoning it in um and it was so i saw them at the show box in, in downtown and it was there was a very light crowd. Um, they were not playing playing to too many people, so that may have been it. They maybe they just weren't feeling it. But I was blown away. Um, again, that's that's a band called Ice Age, and that song was called Under the Sun. All right. So Travis, what you been hearing? Q, I know you've heard of a band called Unknown Mortal Orchestra. I have indeed. Okay. I am a fan. So I was a big fan of of their first album, um, and then I, I you know I here and there I, I you know I've liked stuff that they've done, but haven't been you know too impressed with with other things that they've done. But so they came out with an album in April of this year called Sex and Food. I haven't listened to any of it. In October, a couple of weeks back, they came out with another album called IC-01 Hanoi. So Hanoi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is the name of the capital of Vietnam, and that is where they recorded Sex and Food. This album is seven tracks, and it's essentially a jam session uh, from from these, these studio sessions, basically that they would do during uh, the recording of Sex and Food. And it's oh, cool. it's instrumental. And the lead singer, uh, Ruben Nielsen, his father is on the record. His dad plays saxophone on the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a local musician named Min Nguyen, and he plays uh, this, this flute this bamboo flute on one of the tracks. But anyway, it's super like experimental psychedelic rock meets experimental jazz. And it is incredible, man. It is such a great listen through. Cause it's, 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 you know, it's very similar to, you'll get the same vibes that you would, uh, when you listen to, uh, bitches brew, right. Which is, I think we talked okay. about bitches brew, uh, on our first Radiohead. Uh, episode but basically uh, it even 
they're, they're not even hiding it. They're saying that they were influenced by the work of Miles Davis. Uh, so uh, this album was described by uh, The Consequence of Sound, which is a pretty popular music blog, as the sonic distillation of the band's influences in jazz, krautrock, and the avant-garde. So we talked about krautrock a couple, a few episodes back, right, when we talked about uh, Can. So anyway, uh, I'm just going to play the second track off of this record, and there's no track names, it's basically... You know, Hanoi 1, Hanoi 2, Hanoi 3. Anyway, this was the second track, Hanoi 2. album is like that um uh, in particular so was that a synthesizer or was that a saxophone with the with the like going through an effect like an effect pedal no that that was his guitar yeah he, oh, he had a bunch okay. of effects yeah, on it. yeah it's kind of i don't have the best quality on my end you know listen to this music through my, my yeah uh, yeah the uh but yeah that's the, cool he didn't play uh you didn't hear the saxophone or the flute on that track mm-hmm. uh it's just sort of uh, scattered throughout, but uh, there is actually one single that came out, which is Hanoi Six, uh, track six, obviously, and uh, it's a little bit uh, much more uh, mellow and kind of more ambient, almost. But that that's uh, like a ten-minute track that that uh, they came out with as the single. Anyway, what well, it's such a great, like I, I I'm glad that that. You know, rock bands, rock artists, musicians uh, would still think to do something like this, you know, and release it. Like, hey, let's just get together, you know. Hey, I'll get my dad up here. He plays saxophone. We'll get this guy who plays flute, this well-known Vietnam musician or Vietnamese musician. It's just, it's awesome, man. It's great. Like, my my respect level for them went up quite a bit after hearing this. Because the musicianship on this this album is is just... uh, 
pretty pretty stellar. But uh, anyway, definitely worth a listen. It, it's just super. It's just one of those albums you can put on and uh, just kind of zone out, you know. So yeah. anyway, cool man. Let's talk about the Talking Heads. So I've always wanted to cover these guys, but I think it made it made perfect sense to talk about them after our first Radiohead episode because Radiohead actually got their name from a Talking Head song called Radiohead. So there you go. That that was on their album called True Stories, came out in 1986. But anyway, we are going back to the origin of Talking Heads for today's episode. And we're talking about their debut album, Talking Head 77. Came out in 1977. So here's here's what's interesting about these guys. So uh, three of the four band members, the, the founding members, uh, met at the Rhode Island School of Design uh, in the early, early 70s. And they basically... I've I've listened to some interviews where uh, the guy kind of asks David, you know, since he came from an art school, uh, so why did you decide to pursue music instead of the more traditional, uh, you know, forms of art, right? And this is like in New York in the '70s. This is where um, where David and the band sort of uh, started, right, as far as their music is concerned. And he said that uh, yeah. he he felt like he could make a more more of an impact and it felt more real, more tangible to make music and you could, you could reach a wider audience. And he's right, obviously. Right. Well, was there a uh, particular medium that he was interested in before he got into music? I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't really okay. get into yeah, it. I was curious. I think it, it sounds like that's just kind of the direction they went. He probably just did, you know, traditional painting and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, so it was David Byrne. The drummer was Chris France, and the bass player is Tina Weymouth or Weymouth. So Tina and Chris were actually dating uh, at the time, and basically, well, actually, David and Chris started uh, a band in 1973 called the artistics which is you know i like that name yeah <laughs> especially that's, since they were uh, they fitting. met they met in they met in art school so the artistics right yeah that's pretty good but anyway uh you know they needed a bass player and chris was like hey my girlfriend plays bass and so she kind of auditioned for the band but you know she was probably going to get in right because she's the girlfriend of the drummer but anyway so they right. had their three-piece band and they played their first gig as the Talking Heads in 1975 opening for the Ramones at CBGB. Nice. And that's a big deal because CBGB obviously was this is this world famous uh, punk uh, venue from New York, right? And so because they opened for the Ramones at CBGB they were lumped in with punk Right, that's what they were referred to gotcha. as early on, and so uh, there's. So, are there any recordings from that era from '75? Yeah, there's there's live footage. If... Yeah, there's live footage out there of them, uh, you know, of, of them 
uh, playing probably at CBGB too. But uh, it's yeah. not that. But they weren't making punk music. They were doing the same kind of music that they that they that have they've always, always done. done. Yeah, cool. but because of where they, you know, of of the venue that they played at and the band that they opened for and just that scene in general, they were basically yeah kind of lumped in with Ramones, Blondie, uh, Television, even right. All of those bands uh-huh. were, were were playing the CBGB and the punk, the New York punk club scene, right? But obviously, Talking Heads were different. So, uh, the uh, their first, so they weren't signed, right? Back in '75, they didn't have a manager or anything. And this uh, record label uh, executive uh, said that he kind of heard them playing as he was outside CBGB and was sort of drawn in by by the song. He was so captivated by it. Uh, and so, you know, he went in, he talked to them, they signed, and he wanted to sort of do something about the punk label because he didn't think it fit with them, and punk sort of had negative connotations to it. Uh, so he... Now, I don't know if this is true, but he, the way he made it seem like in this interview that I listened to was that this record label producer sort of came up with the term new wave and applied it to talking heads. So, I mean, it is hmm. a it is a fact that talking heads are one of the early, early pioneers of new wave. This was basically. Yeah, and I guess I guess in like 75, 76, 77. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty damn. Really yeah, this was for this was this label. was right when it started. Yeah, the you know punk rock yeah. was happening. Uh, mm-hmm. New wave is is what transitioned out of that. So, Talking Heads is a, a new wave uh, band, but they also you know kind of go by. I mean now they've their 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 sound has evolved so much throughout the years that they have you know a lot of a lot of labels and genres thrown on them. But at the time, they were considered art punk and new wave so whatever art punk art you want punk to, yeah, I like art that. punk yeah <laughs> so what's you know yeah it, what's interesting is that like when you listen to david byrne sing he has this very interesting way of of uh you know th- there was a uh there's a quote from the rolling stones uh, review of this album back in the day so there's a quote from talking about David Byrne's voice here. There's a quote from uh, this guy Stephen DeMorest, who reviewed this album back in November of '77 for Rolling Stone. So right after it came out, and he said that um, the fact that David Burns sings in a stiff, reedy quote-unquote bad voice grasping for higher notes like a drowning man lunging for air only heightens Mm. the drama the drama of of these songs basically and you'll see what you'll see what he means by that because you know first of all all right so now we'll leave it there um yeah let's listen to a song okay so this is the first the first pick off of this album uh and this this is track number two it's called New Feeling. Mm-hmm. 
What'd you think? So, I loved it, man. Um, I, I Didn't you play a Talking Heads song for an outro once before? Yeah, I did, actually. Hold on, let me find out what that was. I don't know, man, but I remember you saying that one of the things about David Burns is that he is very insecure about his voice, and that's why he does more of the talking, you know, well, he, sing so song you talk. I, I, yeah, so, I could see that. Uh, but it works. No, yeah, I, I think that if you if you watch the early interviews, he is a super shy, um, super kind of he he kind of comes off as one of those socially awkward, uh, you know, not not comfortable at all being interviewed. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so you can maybe see that come out in his voice a little bit but but then he goes into these moments where he's like his voice is cracking and he's sort of getting really kind of loud and like almost uh like singing off key but that's kind of what that guy from rolling stones was talking about where like you know he'll yeah. he'll he'll gra- like he strains his voice to to reach these higher notes but it's done uh on purpose to like He's well aware of, of yeah that. to accentuate the the, yeah. the feeling that he's going for for that in that in that yeah, moment, yeah. but um, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, so think about going to CBGBs to see the Ramones and you and these guys uh, play a set, and you hear them first, right? I mean, it's dude. I would I would be blown away, man. Dude, the Ramones, it's not like the Ramones are like hard, hard punk, you know? They were also no. more, um, I hate, I hate it, I hate saying it, but, you know, I, I, playful. I mean, you know. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the kind of like, um, it's not like the Deftones. Or well, no, fucking, it, uh, or the Sex Pistols. Yeah, the Sex Pistols, exactly. So I could see Talking Heads, you know, that, I could see them opening for the the Ramones and and not seeming too out of place. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you compare them to, like, if you see them, if you see talking heads on stage and then Ramones come on afterwards, like what made them, you know, new wave, quote unquote, or what made them stand out from punk bands from, from that time period is that, you know, they wore polos, you know, and like button up shirts and they look like they, you know, like they came straight out of uh, like the college, not not necessarily Ivy League, but I mean they were more put together. It kind of reminds me of like yeah. the look, the look that that the Vampire Weekend had early, okay, early Vampire Weekend, sure. right? Which was another mm-hmm. college band, right? Vampire Weekend, I think, was yeah. sort of known for they started uh, playing they were a lot of college shows. At, yeah, at, basically. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what college, but yeah. right. But anyway, uh, and then what I well, again so. Me being like, hey, you know what? I should I should dive into Talking Heads. I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago when I got into them, I started on this album. This is track two, and yeah, like I said, I was really drawn to the the guitar playing, and like it's it's very clean. There's almost no gain on that guitar, which again, yeah, if they are coming out of the New York punk scene, that is why they stood out so much. You know, their guitars were very like jangly you know and like angular and that made them stand up but you know 
amongst all the all the power chords that were being played, you know, at, at the CBGBs. Yeah. So anyway, so let's let's move along here. This next song, I'm going to play. I'm just going to play the whole thing because it has a lot of different parts to it, and it's. I, I love the way that this song is is uh, pieced together, and the different uh, ins and outs of it. You'll hear what I'm talking about. So here we go. This is track number six. It's called No Compassion.
Well, you could definitely um, feel those emotions that that he's going for with that his style of singing. I gotta say though, man, I feel like this has got to be one of those bands where his uh, his voice is is very polarizing. You know, you probably either love Talking Heads or hate Talking Heads because of David Byrne. I feel like we say that about every single band that we cover on this podcast, dude. I don't think that's true, brother. We said it about Tom York a couple of weeks back. We said it about Interpol. I think we've said it about some other people, too. I'm just saying, like, that could be true for probably every single band, dude. But, yeah, you're right. You're probably right. Because the thing about David <laughs> Byrne is that it's not really a singing voice, right? No. But that's, that's part of it. Yeah, and a lot of times his... his, his uh, his lyrics, or the way he sings at least, is very, um, not not really spoken word, but like, actually they are sometimes, uh, depending on the album, but um, yeah, so, um, again though, like, the, the, the guitar playing is excellent, right? The drumming is like super tight, right? Um, yeah, I, just, I love the drums. I like that drum beat a lot. And, uh, yeah, that, just that, the guitar is so is so has such a bite to it during that one part, um, but yeah, I just love uh, I love his lyrics, man. His lyrics are great. So anyway, let's 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 play that song that I was intending on playing earlier because I think it does sort of show kind of one of their more well known songs, uh, how he how he uses his vocals. And also illustrates just how much they've changed over the years. Um, this song is probably one of their more well-known songs. It's called Once in a Lifetime. And it was on their 1980 album, Remain in Light, which is a... So only three years later. Three years later. And uh, we may have to do this album um, at some point down the road because this album is... Uh, super experimental and just really really interesting it's got you know basically you know they went over to uh, David was super influenced by uh, Afro beat uh, you know um, not Afro beat but uh, you know funk uh, polyrhythms like African yeah I guess so Afro Mm -hmm. Afro world beat funk dance rock so anyway This song is called Once in a Lifetime, and you've probably heard it on a movie or a commercial. Here we go. (laughs) You may find yourself
I, man, how can you not love that song? I know, right? Uh, yeah, Talking Heads have uh, they have some great, some great, uh, really catchy melodies that they've written over the years. You know, yeah, just with those hooks like that, that are just like instantly, you know, classic and memorable. But anyway, so yeah, that's you know, if you weren't aware, that is who Talking Heads are, right? Um, yeah, and hey, let's mention too, dude. Um, they had a pretty, pretty well-known single on Talking Head '77, "Psycho Killer." Yeah, and, and funny enough, that's that's well, at least according to Spotify, that's that's their most played song on Spotify. So it's funny how that happens sometimes, right? Yeah. So lots of memorable moments in that one. Yeah, and again with his voice, right? Like in the in the in the chorus. You know, let's just fucking play it. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, I could just see him like having to back away from the mic during that part. Yeah, sure, you know. But yeah, uh, if you're interested, there is a uh, there is a really well known um, live video uh, from I think it's the you could watch the entire concert uh, that they did, uh, circling back to to the album uh, that Once in a Lifetime appears on called Remain in Light. There is a uh, a really awesome live video on YouTube of a concert that they did in, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a live in Rome, but, um, yeah, that was, again, that's what, that's when they were basically at the, the height of their, their game. They just came out with remaining light. It was hugely successful and just like the energy and the, like it's just crazy, man. Insane. But anyway, maybe we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put that video in the show notes on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. Alright, so I got one more song for us here. Um this song is called The Book I Read. Oh you think um you think Jimmy not Jimmy, you know. You think Brit Daniel was was given a nod to Talking Heads with with the song "The Book I Write." It's very possible. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, I, I did I did uh, choose that on purpose because of uh, the song that we uh, did a sidetrack on a few months back called "The The Book I Write." Uh, but anyway, uh, this is called "The Book I Read" uh, by Talking Heads. <laughs>
That was great, man. Yep. Dude, I gotta... I'm curious to know how different... You know, like, how, how different was Talking Heads for that time? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they, they, they literally were the like the forefathers of New Wave. That's how different they were, you know? But you still can't even put... I mean, it's not like all new wave bands have, you know, no one sounds like talking heads. Right. Right. But I mean, they, I feel like most of that is because of David Byrne because of yes, his voice. Yes, absolutely. But like they were, but, but you know, it, it's obviously more than that too, right? It's not just his voice, but like the way he plays guitar. Uh, also, I guess it's worth noting cause I, I didn't really mention this earlier. Uh, but you know, there are four members in talking heads, or at least when this album came out, I talked about the three founding members, but, um, uh, uh, they added a keyboardist to also play guitar on some tracks. Uh, his name is Jerry Harrison. Uh, so he joined when they recorded this album. Uh, so Harrison actually was uh, in this band called The Modern Lovers, uh, which is going to be our outro track, uh, but we'll get to that later. So anyway, yeah, uh, the fact that, that uh, you know they came out of the New York punk scene and were so different than the punk bands in that scene that they, you know, were were called new wave and like ushered us into new wave. You know, that's how, that's how important they are, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to mention just you know, David Byrne is one of the most you know he's a, he's a legend. Really, he really is. Yeah, he's gone on to uh, you know a lot of you, a lot of you in our age group. Your first. Uh, your first encounter, if you will, with David Byrne, uh, may have been uh, the album that he did with St. Vincent in 2012 called Love This Giant. Uh, if you're a St. Vincent fan, uh, you you probably know exactly who David Byrne is. Uh, he's the guy with the gray hair on the album cover uh, standing next to St. Vincent, obviously. But yeah, he sings on that album. So, so anyway, um, cool. just, uh, you know, a, uh, hey, dude, that could be our sidetrack, man. Yeah, you're right. That's actually not a bad idea. Let's yeah, do we'll, it. We'll pick yeah. a track. We'll pick a track from that album. Um, and you know, Saint Vincent's great anyway, so that, that'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's that, man. Uh, Talking Heads is just one of those bands where every single, every single album, you're going to hear something different. They're 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 constantly uh, exploring and experimenting. And um, I highly recommend their first four albums. Um, and then, obviously, speaking in tongues, their fifth album uh, is also um, it's got one of their one of their more well-known songs. Uh, this must be the place, uh, which is hugely influential to many, many bands. Uh, Arcade Fire, I think has pointed to that song as a, I think they did a cover actually um, or a live cover or something like that. But anyway, that's a hugely, hugely influential song on indie music um, from our generation. But anyway, uh, so yeah, maybe we'll do another one down the line. I mean, we could literally do their first four albums. I don't know if we want to keep doing that, that format of, of covering uh, the same band over and over again. But uh but uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Their their music is so varied and different that uh, it would. I mean, we could definitely do it. 
So maybe yeah. we will. But anyway, yeah, dude, like you said, this one was quick and dirty. Although we are, we're reaching the one hour mark. So yeah. All right. So as always, um, briefly here, like Travis mentioned earlier, we have a website and it's, it's a doozy. It's really, uh, easy on the eyes. I love it. Proud of you, Travis. Looks great. Well, it's called No Filler Podcast. Uh, dot com. Uh, there you can actually stream all of our episodes directly from there with our SoundCloud players. Um, you can click on expanded show notes for each episode, including the sidetracks. Um, and that'll take you to track listings and... Um, links to sources and we'll throw up some live videos and uh you know video interviews you know if if there's any that apply um and you can also stream us on pretty much any other podcast app that's out there we should be up there um thanks as always for listening and please let us know what you think we want to know how we can improve this puppy of ours um dude we're i feel like are we approaching 50 episodes Gotta be yeah. getting there, brother. I mean, you wouldn't know it by the episode count. Um, yeah. Well, I guess you would if you're on um, iTunes. If you're but, on uh, iTunes. You know, as we've mentioned before, probably, we don't number our sidetrack episodes, which are sh- shorter episodes that we release in between our full-length episodes. So it looks like we've only released 23 episodes, but uh, we've actually released 46 episodes. So, yeah, we're coming up on 50 and uh, I was checking the other day on SoundCloud, and uh, this doesn't sound like much, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but we, you know, we're almost hitting the 5,000 uh, total plays mark as well. And we've been doing this since, I guess we we launched early 2018, so. Is that true? I thought it was a little bit in 2017 that we launched. I might be wrong. No, we were recording in 2017, but we didn't launch the podcast until 2018. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was. It was. Yeah. It was nine months ago that our first episode came out. So five thousand plays and almost a year. Not I'm cool bad. With that. Not bad. I'm cool with that. All right. Especially because so, we're really not trying that hard. No, we're not. <laughs> as far well, we're as not, like getting getting us out there. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing our our. Uh, due diligence as uh, as far as marketing this and getting it out there, but you know we don't have a PR team, so no, nah, no, nah. we could we we could spend some effort on it, but uh, whatever, that's whatever. Maybe, maybe we'll do it later. I don't know. So yeah. um, right. so uh, to keep on our uh, on track with our Radiohead uh, fest, so uh, we will have our sidetrack for talking heads next week and then the following week we will do our uh, episode on kid a uh radiohead's second album and or i'm sorry they're <laughs> shit that's their fourth album that's the second album that we're covering <laughs> but uh yeah. that came out I, in the I can't year wait, 2000 dude. and um oh it's quite the departure from okay computer uh but yeah i'm, I'm pumped it's gonna be good it's yeah it's gonna be good i'm excited all right so to close us out, I have a song from uh, another uh, band from the 70s, from, from that kind of uh, not exactly punk, uh, but not exactly new wave either. 
Uh, but these guys are called the Modern Lovers. And the keyboard player, Mr. Jerry Harrison, uh, went on to join Talking Heads, as I mentioned earlier. So, this song is called Roadrunner, and uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, my name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. See y'all next time. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.